Hi everyone, I'm really excited to bring you this message this evening. Now, I know this year has not been the easiest year for some of our friends, our family, and even for some of us ourselves. It's been a really challenging year for all of us. Ways that we used to support one another have just been taken away from us really suddenly. You know, it might have been that just a friendly hug or inviting someone around for a cup of tea, or just seeing people regularly in our lives has just all kind of fallen by the wayside this year. And that's been a real challenge for all of us to have to adapt to. So we've all had to adapt to new ways to encourage one another this year. And actually sometimes I know that it's even pushing through our own despair that we've had to do that. So I know it's been a tough year. We've been left to our own devices in some ways. We haven't been able to seek the wise counsel of friends as easily as we once did. We've been left to our own negative thoughts and our own negative emotions sometimes. And actually that can lead us down a really negative path. So I wanna share with you this evening a message of hope for this year and a way that we as Christians can bring hope to those people around us who might not know Jesus. So I hope that this message is um, is helpful for you. I hope that you feel um, more hopeful by the end of it. And I'm just gonna pray to get started for all of us. So Heavenly Father, I just thank you for your word. I thank you that it brings so much hope into our lives. And I pray that for those out there who really need to hear a message of hope this evening, we'll be able to listen to the words of this message and just listen and trust in you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, let's get started. So on the border of Northern France and Belgium was a field. So this field was probably happily growing wildflowers and it was home to many lovely creatures and it had been that way for many many years and nearby there were towns and villages and, and they all just went about their business but suddenly in 1914 everything changed a huge intense battle raged in that field it involved over a million soldiers from over 50 different nations who were missing, wounded or killed in that very area. Now we can't imagine what it would have been like at that time for, for an area to change from one extreme to another. But maybe in our own lives we can imagine how that has changed from one extreme to another, how our lives at the start of this year look very different to our lives towards the end of this year. So we might not be able to imagine what it was like then, but maybe we can imagine how it is in our own lives where things have changed so dramatically. Now many of you know the story, this field is called Flanders Field. It was churned up by military boots traipsing over it, it was churned up by all the fighting that took place, it was churned up by the weapons that were used um, between the, the enemy fighting, and eventually this field went quiet. And out of seemingly nothing in this churned up muddy field, delicate, pretty poppies started to grow in that field. Out of seemingly nothing. And this is a really great picture of hope for us because while all that fighting was taking place, somewhere on the wind, seeds were blowing in and they were nestling underground. And then when it was their time to flourish, that is when they started to grow. 
And I think that's such a picture of how God might be working in our lives, that we can't necessarily see him working through our battles sometimes, but what he might be doing is blowing in gentle seeds that just nestle into our lives. And when the time comes for those seeds to flourish, they absolutely will. And I know that the poppy is a picture of remembrance for us, remembering those who fought and lost their lives or who were injured, but they were fighting for a hope for our future. And as Christians, I really believe that we have a hope for our future. And I think we need to make sure that we stop keeping that hope a secret, stop keeping that hope within ourselves, within our homes and our own lives, and start to share that with people who desperately need this hope in the battle that they're going through. Many of you know that I work with lots of people who are going through really difficult battles. And I'm really concerned if I hear that someone has lost their hope and feeling hopeless. It's honestly one of my biggest fears whenever I start to work with someone because I know that it can lead them down such a negative path and it can really have tragic results. So I know that within my job, instilling hope and bringing hope into someone's life is absolutely crucial in helping them to move forward. You know, Billy Graham um, once gave us this amazing quote. He said, for the believer, there is hope beyond the grave because Jesus Christ has opened the door to heaven for us by his death and resurrection. Our hope is that we have the door of heaven open to us because of what Jesus Christ did to us for us. And I've got some scriptures of hope um, that I want to share with you from God's word today. The first one is 1 Peter and it's chapter 1 verses 3 to 6 and it says, Blessed be God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance, listen to this bit, it's amazing, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in that last time. That inheritance that is unperishable, undefiled and unfading is for us. Jesus has given us that inheritance and I think it's such a great message of hope for what we have to look forward to. Now another scripture I want to share with you is 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verses 16 to 18. So we do not lose heart though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look to the things that are seen, but not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. So we're looking not to the things that we see in our lives around us, the battles that might be raging around us, but we look to the things that are unseen the things that God might be just drifting in those seeds in the midst of our battle and settling them down for when it is time to flourish and time for those seeds to grow. And that's what the gift of faith is, that we, we know that there is more that is at work 
work than what we can see in our lives. And that is the hope that we have to share with other people as well, to share with them the message that even though things around them might not be looking as they expected and they might be challenging and they might be real intense battles, there is something happening in the unseen that could be amazing and beautiful and, and shed a light at the end of the tunnel. So what can we do as Christians then? Well, I think first of all, it's sharing our message of hope, our message of Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross for us. Now, I don't know what that looks like in your life. I recently um, shared a testimony with my life group um, of a friend of mine who I don't actively preach to, I don't actively kind of um, put the word of God um, into our conversations, although it's kind of there in the background, it's, it's naturally in the language that I use. Um, I don't necessarily kind of directly tell her about Jesus and what he's done, but this is a friend who asks questions and if we're in a certain situation, we'll ask certain questions about the Bible, what God says, what I believe. And I've been able to share with that person um, over the years that I've known them um, about God and, and how I experience God and how God works in my life. And also just recently, she watched my daughter holding her hands up to the sky. And she said, oh, look, look at Aoife. She's just praising God, just like mummy and daddy will have taught her so well to do. And this is something I would never expect to hear from my friend. But, but it just came out of her mouth and it felt so natural that she said it. Um, and it was such a, an interesting moment where I realised that conversations that we'd had, she had been taken in and she had been listening. And I think that there is definitely going to be opportunities for us in the future for me to share about hope, share about Jesus um, and share hopefully my, my salvation and my faith with her so that she might then make that decision for herself um, within her family. So I just want to say, I don't know what it looks like for you. I don't know how you speak to people about Jesus. Um, but there's that phrase, isn't there, that sometimes our lives are the only Bible that someone might read. So have integrity in your life. Have hope in your life. Even if you don't necessarily say where your hope comes from, people will notice that there's something different. People will notice that your attitude is different, that the way you portray yourself is different. So I really want to encourage you, if you are already doing that, and I'm sure so many of you are, then please keep going because people are listening, people are watching, and they're interested and they want to hear about Jesus. So we can share about God through his word, by what he says in, in the Bible, and we can also share through our own authentic testimonies. And I know for myself in my life that nobody has ever denied my testimony, nobody has ever falsified my testi testimony and said that I'm making stuff up. People have only ever been interested when I've had conversations about the things that God has done for me and, and the reason for the hope that I have. So be encouraged, please keep going with it. It will be worth it and we need to be that shining light in this world at the moment. The next thing we can do um, as Christians, I believe, is pray. I believe prayer is so powerful and I'm really passionate about people finding their voice and talking to God and just communicating with him. Um, and I want to share with you um, a scripture from Acts of um, a time when prayer had supernatural results, which is so exciting. So it's in Acts chapter 12 and I'm going to start in verse 5 and go through to verse 8. 
So it says here, So Peter was kept in prison, but earnest prayer for him was made to God by the church. Now, when Herod was about to bring him out, on the very night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains and sentries, before the door was before the door were guarding the prison. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood next to him, and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him, saying, Get up quickly. And the chains fell off his hands, and the angel said to him, Dress yourself and put on your sandals, and he did so. And he said to him, wrap your cloak around you and follow me. And then it goes on to say he went out and followed him. So this is Peter sleeping in between soldiers in a prison cell. Um, and there was no obvious way out. But if you catch that first verse, that the church prayed earnestly. And I really believe that it was the earnest prayers of the church that released him from that prison. It was the earnest prayers of people asking God to intervene and do something supernatural in that situation that changed everything for Peter. So this is an example of when people really came together and they prayed and they spoke to God and they asked him if God could do something about this. And God did. God acted and this is action. I think this is um, Christians in action. The reason this is Acts of the Apostles book is because it's all about taking action. And I really believe that prayer is a really powerful action we can take. So if prayer is something that you are not particularly used to, if you've never tried it before, or if it's something that you don't necessarily go to as your default, then I really urge you to try something new as of today. Try praying, try talking to God, because honestly, it can have such supernatural results. And I've read so many books of, of similar stories and I've seen it happen in my own life where I've prayed and things have changed in this realm. Things have changed in our world because of our prayers to God. So please, I encourage you, just try that um, and see if God will bring something out of seemingly nothing, just like we saw with Flanders Fields and those poppies coming out of a battleground. See that God won't bring something out of what looks like nothing. See that there is more in the unseen than there is in what we see around us today. So pray is our next course of action. The next thing that I believe that sometimes is helpful in situations is rest. So we've gone from action to rest, but I think when we think about rest in terms of um, an active choice, something that we're doing, it's still active, it's still something we're doing, but we need to sometimes just stop and rest in the safety of God. Now, I don't know if any of you have been down to South Sea Beach lately, um, but there is a campaign that's out that is called Float For Your Life. So this campaign is all about when you are stuck in freezing cold, deep waters and the temptation is to try to swim and flap about and keep warm and, and try to get to safety. The advice that, that RNLI are giving out is float for your life, float, lay back on the water and try to just float and someone will come to, to rescue you. And that is the best way that you can survive in those moments. Now, I know that seems counterintuitive. It seems like going against all of your survival instincts, but sometimes it's really helpful just to stop in the presence of God and just rest 
and if it is in the middle of a battle, in the middle of a storm, then he will come to rescue you. But sometimes flapping about and trying to do things in our own strength is only going to risk our lives and make it so much worse. And I really love um, a scripture in Psalms, um, in chapter 91, verses 1 and 2. And it's just about this idea of resting in God. So it says, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress in my God whom I trust. So this is saying, you know, we've got the shelter of the Most High. We're in the shadow of the Almighty. And if we will just say that he is our refuge and our fortress and in whom we trust, then we can trust that he will come to our rescue and come and meet us in the midst of our storm. So we don't have to flap about for our lives and try and do things in our own strength. We can rest and trust that God will meet us where we're at. So that's our third action point. We've had share our own message of hope. We've had prayer. Um, we've had now rest in the safety of God, knowing that he will come to rescue us. And my fourth um, action point really for today is if you haven't already, I really encourage you to make a commitment to the Lord. Now, for some people, they might have made that commitment, but kind of drifted away, maybe um, are struggling to kind of keep their faith alive in this season. So this is for you as well. If you have committed at one point, but you want to make that commitment again, then I really encourage you, now is the time. Now is as good a time as any. So I really encourage you, if you haven't already, to consider committing your life to God and receiving the message of hope that he has for us, the eternal salvation that Jesus Christ bought for us on the cross. In Romans 10.13, it says, Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That is a promise. We can't take away from that. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. We can stand on that promise with um, our God because he does not lie. He does not um, say things that aren't true. He will always come through for us. So if that's you, I just want to encourage you today to take that step, take that leap of faith. Um, into the unseen rather than what we see around us that might be more chaotic and more challenging. What I want to do um, at this stage is just offer a moment of silence um, just so that we can all spend a moment praying and speaking to God. It's something that I think is important to do regularly in our lives is just to stop resting God and speak to God but also to listen to what God has to say to us. So I'm going to I'm going to set aside a whole minute of silence and I'm going to um, have a video of a candle and a candle is a really representative image of Jesus Christ, the light of the world. So when you see a candle, I always think Jesus. Every time I see a candle or a flame or a light or something like that, I always think Jesus, Jesus, because Jesus is the light of this world. It's the hope of this world that we really need. So I'm going to play that image and I'm going to give you a minute of silence just to, um, just to take a moment and speak to God.
Heavenly Father, I thank you that you meet with all of us today. I thank you that you want to communicate with us, that you have such hope for us. And I pray for all of those who have committed their lives or recommitted their lives today, that you would meet with them, that you would accept their sacrifice um, and that, that you would give them the eternal inheritance that Jesus bought for them on the cross. Forgive us of everything that we've done wrong so far. And Lord, I just pray that you would be our one true God, the light of the world, the one that we look to in every situation. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you'll stay with me, I just want to share um, a really cool story that I read about the supernatural power of prayer um, and of hope in really seemingly unhopeful situations. So it's about um, Rhys Howells. He was a Welsh intercessor. Um, and I'm going to read it because it's, um, it's got some job titles that I will never remember otherwise. <laughs> so he was a Welsh intercessor um, and he founded some Bible colleges. And um, the college, during the wars, um, the college would pray for specific situations. And what they did is they would log what they prayed and when they prayed it um, so that they could kind of see if their prayers were working and see if that was taking effect. So there was one particular day. We know that Churchill was at an RAF base and he was watching an airborne battle take place between ourselves and the enemy. And it looked like England were at a real disadvantage. So the enemy were really closing in and um, England were looking like they were in a really tight spot and it wasn't going to go well for us. And Rhys Howells and his students prayed and they prayed specifically for the protection of London um, and they prayed for victory. Um, and what happened during that day was that out of nowhere, for no reason, the enemy just started to retreat. There was no reason for it. They had the upper hand, but the enemy started to retreat. And then after the war, someone who was the Air Chief Mars Marshal, Lord Dowding, Commander-in-Chief of Fighting Command in the Battle of Britain. See, I told you that long title. He made this really significant comment that I want to share with you. He said... Even during the battle, one realised from day to day how much external support was coming in. At the end of the battle, one had the sort of feeling that there had been some special divine intervention to alter some sequence of events which would have otherwise occurred. So he's saying something was going to happen and some kind of divine intervention changed all of that. And that was the same day that Rhys Howells and his team were praying. So prayer can lead to these amazing supernatural results and I just wanted to share that story with you to encourage you and give you another message of hope. I'm gonna um, end with a poem if that's okay with you um, and I just think it's a, a lovely poem to reflect on um, and if if you want to reflect on this um, and the image of the poppy, which I'm going to put up while I read, um, I just encourage you to, to take a moment and reflect on how that image can be used not only as an image of remembrance, but as an image of hope that um, even when it looks like a battleground is raging around us and a storm is coming in and, and everything feels challenging, that we never know what God is doing beneath the surface. And when the time comes, then those poppies, whatever it is, will flourish. So I'm going to um, read that poem for you, if that's okay, um, and then I'll leave you to your evening. So it's called In Flanders Fields. Some of you might have heard it before. In Flanders Fields, the poppies blow, 
between the crosses, row on row, that mark our place and in the sky, the larks still bravely singing fly, scarce heard amid the guns below. We are the dead short days ago, we lived, felt dawn, saw sunset glow, loved and were loved and now we lie in Flanders fields. Take up our quarrel with the foe, to you from failing hands we throw, the torch be yours to hold it high, if ye break faith with us who die. We shall not sleep, though poppies grow in Flanders fields. I hope this message was really encouraging for you and I hope um, that you will share our message of hope with others around you in this season. It's been great to share with you this evening. Thank you for listening. Bye bye.